I'm Rehard Faberg and I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central episode 193 for the weekend starting 6 October 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, it's all the rage. And what a rage it is, as you can tell by the background sound, but we'll get to all of that in a moment. Also this week, Vodacom's got itself into a spot of bother, and 5G's coming, and why it's all about fiber. It's Friday, and it means it's time to talk about games, telecoms, and plenty of other stuff besides. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rafa? How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. Uh, we're at Rage 2017, and uh, what a show it is! Um, it's Friday afternoon. The real chaos only really starts uh, tomorrow. Uh, uh, then you can't move. Then you're stuck in uh, a single spot. Yes. Um, Friday is definitely the best days to be to be at Rage, but it's a great show this year. We're going to talk talk about uh, the show in a moment. But before we get to that, let's do our quiz. Uh, do you want to do the first question, Rafa? Certainly. The first question in this week's quiz: Which operator this week said it would cut out of bundled data rates? Eskom has removed its acting CEO and replaced him with another acting CEO. Who is the new guy? The third question. Vodacom and Vodafone have a new payoff line. Gone is power to you. What is the new payoff line? Tech Central has a new podcast. Yes. Yeah. What's it called? And for a bonus point, who hosts it? Uh, we'll give you a hint. Not. <laughs> Fifth question. Sean Kaplan and ICT veteran Brian Seligman have launched a new broadband infrastructure company. What is it called? As always, we'll get to the answers to the show, uh, to the show, to the questions at the end of the show. Um, as you can hear, we are not recording in the studio like we normally do. Uh, we are at the Dome in Northgate in Johannesburg uh, for the annual Rage uh, Expo. Number 15, if you've been keeping count. 15 years already. Wow. Wow. Um, and it's quite an event. It's the biggest I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, and certainly the big, the big name sponsors have come in here. Uh, we see uh, Liquid Telecom through Quasi yeah. Play. Yeah. Uh, and Telcom, uh, Vodacom, MTN, all the big operators are here. Uh, big names, uh, big money being flowing into this thing, and a huge. All about esports. I mean, I yeah. cannot believe how big uh, corporate sponsorship for esports have become. Yeah, it really no, it's is phenomenal. It's absolutely massive. And um, the uh, yeah, it's I mean the two main stages of Telcom and Quest play. They almost seem they're on opposite ends of the show floor. Yeah. But they yeah. really seem to be competing to head on with each other uh, in the esports arena. All about those viewers, eh? Yeah, but the, the, we had to walk through the, the whole show uh, over the last hour before we sat down to record the podcast today. And um, there were, I mean, the, the, the LAN uh, gaming section where the guys bring their rigs and set up and, and, and basically camp here for the weekend. Uh, we used impressive. to do that back in the day, didn't we, Duncan? I, I must say, I never <laughs> did it here at Rage. Did you uh, ever come and uh, game? I didn't play at Rage, but I had many years of going to local LANs with 500 people. I mean, okay. that was back in the day my my mecca right but now with online gaming who still goes out i guess two thousand of these guys do <laughs> yes um yeah i think i think once you hit 40 like i have uh, are you over 40 right? I just yeah, no 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 under, under. <laughs> i think once you hit about our age let's put it that way um, our age. This, this gaming this gaming this land gaming thing is is, is, is is for the youngsters but um although i did see one or two older guys in there uh, but uh, some of the rigs in there are very impressive. Some of the, I mean, these guys must spend such a fortune on their computers. I, mean, I remember how much components cost back in my day when I was building PCs. And I yeah. say back in my day like it was decades ago, but it was uh, about 10 years ago, I would say. 
and it's incredible how much that industry is still flourishing yeah uh, and how many components are still being sold i spoke to some distributors and their business is still graphics cards and motherboards yes main the big time you know? yes obviously keyboards and mice are nice peripherals that get changed quite often but the amount of money that you spend on a graphics card these days yes if you can buy one because you know a lot of them have been snapped up by cryptocurrency miners so actually yes. buying a graphics card these days is pretty difficult and if you can get one then it's pretty pricey too yeah 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 no but i mean it's all for the love of the game that's why i converted to xbox just easy you don't have to upgrade anything every year yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah with the xbox one coming out at the end of the year the new uh, the, the new xbox version. one x yeah, x, yeah. Exciting time. I haven't owned a console since the PS3. Uh, it's the last time I console gamed. Uh, and I've been PC gaming since then. I don't know if there's any point in buying a console. The Xbox One X has nice specs, and I'm thinking about it, but um, I don't know. I, I can play games in my lounge. I, I, uh, you know, I've got fiber connecting my, um, my home office uh, PC to my TV in the lounge, and you can stream games over a gigabit over, network. Over a gigabit network, and you can stream games over Steam. Uh, to your lounge and you just get an Xbox remote, connect that to Windows and you can play PC games in your lounge. doesn't always work 100% but... Um, but you you've know. got a pretty powerful desktop PC. I do, yeah. Um, I guess also about the titles, you know, my drive for Xbox has... I mean, I used to be a Battlefield player, I still am Battlefield from the first one on PC. But when this change happened to platform uh, like Xbox, you know, yes. it was just so much easier to get into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and in my case, you know, I've got the games that I can play on my console. There was not really a, a need to go back into the PC market. You know, I kind of got tired of updating drivers. Yes. And uh, I'm sure you can relate. You still have to go through that pain once in a while. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, yeah, the kind of, this gaming industry, I, mean, I suppose it's been driven by the crypto miners as well. But um, the, the gaming, the, the, some of the big winners in this space have to be the graphic card vendors. I'm just, I just fired up the NVIDIA share price here on Google Finance. Just to have a look at it. NVIDIA's, uh, which is listed on the NASDAQ, its share price has risen by 167% in the last 12 months. That's definitely Bitcoin related 100%. Okay, yeah. A lot of it, Gaming, yeah. yes, yeah. but I mean, yeah. but Bitcoin it's, miners, they buy 10 of those at a yes. time. Yeah, if you'd bought them just five years ago, you would have made a 1,250% return in NVIDIA. Um, PE multiple of 52 and a market cap of $110 billion. Wow. That's massive. Wow. I mean, $110 billion. I mean, IBM is probably only twice that. And remember, these things all work in and out. I mean, you, you upgrade your motherboard, your graphics card. These things kind of work together, right? Mm. One, when you upgrade the one, you want more power out of the other one. Yes. Maybe add more RAM, maybe add two graphics cards. Your CPU is always something that's worth upgrading. I, 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 all this talk is making me want to build a PC again. <laughs> well, you're in the right place, Rekhard. All you have to do is step downstairs, haul out your credit card, and uh, yeah, that's Bob's your uncle. Happen. I've left it in the no, I've, I left it in the car. Yes, that's what uh, I'm good, say. very good strategy. <laughs> Mine is burning a hole in my pocket as we speak. Um, you can do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, if this, this is the place to come if you want to buy components and build a rig. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, and I, I mean, for me too, it's it's about just seeing. I guess the variety of stuff in one place. You know, normally when you look online, look for a motherboard, look for a graphics card. Yes. And kind of the experience is a bit limited, but yeah. I, I like coming in and usually see all the best stuff. Yeah. What did, what did you see that you that caught your eye so far? Um, I, I was interested in the HP Envy uh, gaming oh, stuff. Oh, notebooks. Oh, the, the, both the notebooks and the desktops. Um, yes. Stunning machines. Uh, yeah, I mean, what grabbed me was, um, you know, some of the, the custom-built rigs here. PC rigs, mm. um, water the lanners in the land area, in there as well, but also on, in some of the stands. I mean, we walk past these these beautiful 
uh, custom rigs with water cooled oh, yes, and they those put are beautiful. with dye in the water and lights and they look like a fish tank without any fish just yeah. a bit of water and some <laughs> yes. components yeah and I mean, some people really, really do um, go to extremes in in specking, specking these things. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I we mean, used to do that. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if some of those computers in the land gaming area are worth the cost of a small car. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I can only imagine 10, 15 grand a graphics card. You probably need two of those for most of the high end stuff. CPU is about 10 grand or 7 yeah. grand, you know, for a nice high end Core i7. Yes. Yeah, 30, 40 grand easy. That's not including your monitor. Yes. Which, uh, you have to have a 4K monitor these days. Yes. And then you have a very nice uh, mechanical keyboard. That's another 2 grand if you yeah. go for a good one. Nice mouse. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we should be in the component industry. No, there's too many of those guys already. <laughs> Maybe we should just buy NVIDIA shares. <laughs> of course, if the bottom falls out of the crypto market. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that, I, think, I think that'll be a while still. Could be, could be. Depends who you talk to. You. <laughs> uh, what grabbed you at the show as we were walking around? I must say the HTC Vive yes. got me when I saw it. Not just the rig that's running it, because it's, a, it's like this massive white box. I saw it, it's massive. All those blue lights, mm. it's beautiful, it's absolutely beautiful. But the HTC Vive itself, I believe, just recently launched in South Africa about two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm going to go do some demos uh, after this podcast and really okay. get some hands on uh, So did you try it? For, for, the, for anyone who doesn't know, the HTC Vive is the um, virtual the reality VR headset. Rig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, you, did you put it on? Not yet. There were a few guys there, but I've booked a slot for, for them. Okay. And I, I told them that they need to keep it open for me when the show's over so I can go spend a... Oh, right. I don't want people to see me walking on that demo where you actually go outside a building on a plank and fall down. <laughs> it could be quite embarrassing. You don't, you don't want the whole world to see you screaming yeah, like yeah, a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep that for the after-hours projects. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the HTC Vive, I think that's uh, absolutely fantastic. Yes. Uh, technology, obviously. It's nice to see it in South Africa yes. now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite a hefty investment you have to make. Yeah. I was I was saying earlier that I, th- I think that um, you know you are going to be paying for the privilege of using this tech early if you buy now. Oh, yes. If you wait three three or five years, then uh, this is going to be mainstream, and it's going to be a lot cheaper and and a lot better because com- the computing power will definitely, have increased. Definitely, definitely. But I also see at the moment that a lot of the early adopters isn't home gamers; it's corporates or, or marketing businesses trying yeah. to use this for demos, right, or development. Because um, it's kind of, a, I guess, it's more viable for them to spend hundred thousand rand on a rig yes. and some uh, some some head up heads up gear to yes. develop or just to sell, you know, their product or mm. attract people to to experience it, which is all great for the platform because yeah. we need this, we need the exposure on yeah. on AR and VR. And you need those early adopters to to buy at the high price because that starts to drive the yes. mass demand, demand and then yeah. the price falls. The same happens yeah. in any yeah. any, t- any consumer tech. And but I did I did arrange uh, some private hands-on time after Rage, so I'll certainly pass it on to you, and uh, yeah, oh, let's good. compare yeah. some notes in a, in a week or two. I look forward to trying it out. I look forward to trying it out. So uh, what else grabbed you? I was, um, we went through to the cosplay section. Um, yeah. I was, yeah. was um, amazed at the effort uh, people put into getting dressed up in fancy costumes. And, oh, that's uh, a massive culture, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, dressing up as your favorite character or your favorite TV show character, I actually, I absolutely love it. I love looking at these guys because, again, you know, with any model, they spend so much time yes. on their craft. And these guys are happy. You'll often, if you come to Raid, you'll often see groups of army guys dressed up with the most accurate uh, clothing and guns and stuff, just walking around, being happy, taking photographs with people. For them, it's about the culture, you know, meeting yeah. new people and just showing off their love for, I guess, cosplaying or being a character. Yes. Yes. Putting on that mask, if yes. we can speak psychologically for a second. Yes. 
and as yeah, you, I love it. I love it. As you mentioned earlier, you were you were in your cosplay uniform as well. You were dressed dressed up as a freelance job. freelance guy, yeah. <laughs> freelance guy with a camera on the backpack. Yes, not enough of those in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so rage is on until Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, okay, Sunday. it's hundred bucks to get in the door. I think it's about hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and um, until Sunday, and come check it out if you uh, if you. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if you're into gaming, you know about it already, but. Um, if you want to just come experience the culture and, uh, and 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 just see the epic and absorb it, the, exip, the epic LAN gaming uh, setup here, it's yeah. quite a sight to behold. Uh, make sure you come up onto the first level to look down from above. Yes, yes. Um, no, I mean seeing two thousand people. Okay, they are broken up, so you don't see all two thousand one go. But the big section we've seen, yeah, I mm. mean that's probably under a thousand people, maybe eight hundred or so. I yes, think. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. We'll post a couple of pictures on, on, the, on the podcast entry on the site so you can sort of get a feel for it if you're not in Joburg or you're not going to come straight. Yeah. But it's a good show and uh, lots, of, lots of stuff, to, um, lots of stuff to, to look at. and Lots, lots of, of games to play. Lots of stuff to spend your hard-earned cash on. So, um, some good special stuff. I've seen some good stuff around yeah. if you're mm. open to them. But uh, if, you, if you don't want to spend a huge bucks, then uh, do what Rachat does and leave your credit card in your car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even better at home because the car is not that far away, is it, Rachat? It's just outside. I might go and get it just now. I saw some mugs that I want. <laughs> All right, that's Rage. Come check it out. Uh, we are going to take a quick ad break. We'll be back right after this. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Running a business keeps you on your toes. Wouldn't it be great if your internet connection could keep up? Introducing Business Class Fiber from Vox. It's super fast, reliable, and highly cost-effective. You get unlimited calls to all SA destinations, and it's scalable. So no matter the size of your business, you've still got room to grow. Get connected with Business Class Fiber from Vox and see what super fast internet really means. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rechot? How's it, Duncan? We are at Rage 2017, um, but uh, there's other stuff to talk about this week, apart from the show. And uh, Vodacom uh, share price took a massive smack this week. I think it was on Wednesday. Yeah, it was on Wednesday. Uh, I was actually down in Cape Town at the time. Uh, they, uh, the Competition Commission announcing that they're going to do an investigation into the contract that they signed with National Treasury. Um, back in 2016, um, which uh, in effect meant Vodacom would be the sole supplier of mobile services to central government or to a whole range of government uh, departments. Uh, I think they mentioned up to 20 government departments. And the Competition Commission now saying that this isn't kosher, well, they suspect this isn't kosher, it may in fact uh, be counter to the, uh, the Co Co Competition Act. Uh, and they're now saying they're going to launch an investigation into this. Uh, Telcom, sorry, Vodacom share price lost about eight and a half percent immediately after the announcement came out. It's since recovered, uh, recovered some ground, uh, but a big, big impact on the company. I'm just going to have a look now. It's uh, 4 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. Let's just have a look at Vodacom share price. Yeah, it's recovered some some ground, 154 rand, but it's still slightly off where it was. Uh, but 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 bad news for them. Uh, you know, they they the CEO Shamil Yusuf has come out and said that they everything's above board. 
they in fact consulted with the competition commission uh, about whether this would be in breach of any 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 issues uh, and he said they went through all the right processes and they went through a competitive bidding process to get this to get this business uh, and so their view is that this is all about board but the competition commission which is a very powerful regulator in South Africa uh, saying that they they want to investigate uh, they don't believe that this is above board and so Vodacom, Vodacom taking a smack from that. It, it's an interesting one. I mean, National Treasury signed this agreement. It's this, uh, I, I'm sure they do other agreements where they uh, do supplier agreements for government where they negotiate a very good deal and say to government departments, well, you, these are the preferred suppliers or you must buy from these guys uh, because we've negotiated, centrally negotiated a really good deal at really good rates. Uh, and you're not going to get those rates better somewhere else. But I suppose the argument could be made, perhaps that's anti-competitive because it's... Se- concentrating everything in one company and if another company came along and decided they actually wanted now to offer cheaper rates than Vodacom's offering as part of that contract the government departments wouldn't be able to contract with that other company so from from that perspective it raises some interesting questions about whether uh, you know whether this is in the interest of competition so it's going to be a very interesting investigation uh, and lots of I think lots of economists and lots of um, Lots of competition lawyers are going to be debating this one in some detail. Uh, I'll probably go through to those hearings to listen to the arguments, um, but it should be a it should be an interesting an interesting debate. Oh yeah, and setting setting the president for presidents for things coming up. I guess. It will certainly set a president for sure, for sure, and maybe that's what the competition commission yeah. wants to achieve as well. Uh, but um, it certainly not to Vodacom share price. It recovered somewhat. I suspect that investors uh, had a look at it and, and perhaps thought, you know, this isn't going to have any near, near-term impact on... And, you know, these processes tend to take years, and I think this was only a five-year agreement with the government. So, sure. yeah. you know, by the time the competition commission and the competition tribunal have been through the whole processes, that contract will probably be nearing its end anyway. But it's, it's certainly an interesting one. So I mentioned I was down in Cape Town this week. I went to uh, the FTTH, or now renamed FTTX Council Africa Conference, which was very good, by the way. It was at the Cape Town International Convention Center. And um, I had some great speakers, including um, Andile Taba um, of Convergence Partners, who is now living in Silicon Valley. And I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. Uh, Neil Skuman uh, gave a very good presentation about their plans for Alex. Uh, the low-cost 89 rand a month fiber. Um, it's actually the first time I've seen in one of these uh, technical conferences where the whole audience spontaneously broke up, but broke out in applause when he started talking about it. So there's certainly lots of interest in it. Um, and uh, the DA's uh, Marion Shin was there. She gave a presentation. It was a good conference, and uh, I had a very interesting discussion with with Antile Naba, who was until recently at uh, Dimension Data. Uh, he's now having a fight with Dimension Data um, over um, payments he says due to him. Um, but he's now moved to Mountain View, California. Uh, and he is involved in a startup that's doing stuff around network function virtualization and 5G. Uh, it was a very interesting chat. Um, he, he didn't want to talk much about the details about who he's co-investors are in this business as partners in this business or even what it's called yeah uh, because he said that's going to be uh, you know there's going to be a formal announcement down the line but uh, he, he, we had a very interesting discussion about 5g and fiber and how they're they're intimately linked firstly what is 5g I think a lot of people um, hear the term and they don't they think oh it's just the next evolution next next 4g 3g 4g 5g but in fact 5g is something very different to what we've seen until now it's going to use I mean, the standards are still being finalized, so we, you know, it's a lot of this is speculative. 
but we're getting to that point. I think the final, the, the standards are all going to be ratified in the next 18 months or so. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to start to see the first commercial deployments of 5G technology in 2019. So we're about two years away. Probably not in this country. We're probably looking 2021 in South Africa, yes. government willing. Uh, but what it's going to, it's going to use much higher frequencies. It appears that it's going to use much higher frequencies. So we're talking um, 30 gigahertz, 60 gigahertz very high frequencies not yes. the sort of frequencies we used to today and it's really going to be about providing extremely high throughput services in in very dense environments so every street pole will have a box on it a base station let me call it uh, I don't know if that's the right, going to be the right terminology have micro micro yeah. microcosms around each one yes so the, co- the whole the concept of building this massive base station in the felt and irradiating the countryside <laughs> Uh, with 3G and 4G services is going away in the 5G era. Those 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 base stations will still be there and they'll still be serving 3G and 4G uh, and those technologies will continue to advance. But 5G is really about um, putting putting a, a low-cost base station everywhere. So every lamppost, every, everything you can imagine. Um, and that also bring down latency, which means you can probably exactly. eradicate that last mile physical infrastructure eventually we're talking one millisecond latency yeah. on 5g yeah. uh, and you're talking 10 gigabits plus speeds uh, potentially down Fantastic. the line Fantastic. Um, but this is all gonna be very dense because it's very very high frequency stuff uh, so so don't stand right next to it is that what you're saying <laughs> I don't think it'll be high-powered stuff I mean it's not yeah, yeah you know sure. Um, sure. I mean obviously a lot of work needs to be done in making sure that uh, this conforms with health standards and that sort of stuff and I suppose we're already seeing it to some extent with in 4G with with uh, companies like MTN and Vodacom rolling out lamppost uh, base stations and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, we've had a few in our neighbourhood. We're going to see a lot more of that, um, and 5G we're going to see a heck of a lot more of that. Uh, and what's interesting is that um, you know with this sort of ubiquitous connectivity, is I mean we're going to have you have to have ubiquitous fibre because it's only the very very last component portion of the last mile that's actually going to be delivered wirelessly mm. everything else is going to be a fiber infrastructure that's why fiber is so important yes. and it made me wonder I wonder what sort of a strong position this puts fiber to the home players like like Vumatel and OpenServe and others in because they're wiring up the city streets uh, they're running their fiber down every street yes uh, this must put them in an amazing position to be the enablers of 5G because they can simply run that fiber through a new duct, and and these guys are putting in putting in ducts where you can put it put through thousands of strands. Yeah, they could blow through some strands, run the fiber up the pole, and you've got multiple gigabit per second 5G services just like that on, on a cheap little base station piece of equipment that sits on top yeah, of the pole. Yeah. Uh, the benefit of owning the infrastructure, I guess. Mm. I mean, that's a massive force. Yeah. This, I mean, they, must have, they must have. They must have. Um, I mean, I, I did. I had, did have a chat with Neil Skuman, and hi, Neil. By the way, Neil uh, is a huge fan of this podcast. He told me uh, uh, while I was down in Cape Town, um, uh, he, uh, he 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 listens to it every week. Uh, so thanks for that, Neil. How's it, Neil? Uh, I hope I'm not giving away any secrets here, but uh, um, but yeah, I, th- I think they are very well positioned. Yeah, and, and exactly. other fiber to the home players, and and you know guys like OpenServe and others who 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 have been digging up the streets. I think those, those ducts are there. They can be used to do some pretty. Uh, some pretty amazing stuff in in the 5G world that's yeah, coming. Yeah, definitely. So that was a great discussion I had with Andile. I can't wait to find out what it is he's got planned. Um, but uh, he did mention NFV or network function 
virtualization and 5G. So if you Google those terms, I'm sure you'll get some good insight into <laughs> what might be coming from, uh, from him in the next while. He's going to be there for the next 18 months, and then he's coming back to South Africa. So he's, he's gone there specifically to focus on the startup and, and to, I don't know, I guess absorb some of the Silicon Valley culture and, uh, and, and some of the thinking that goes on there in that fast-paced environment. Mm. Yeah. And that is our news. We are getting through the show rather quickly this week. Um, <laughs> let's move on to our regular features. Uh, Rehat, um, let's do our winner and loser first, actually. Um, I, ha- I hate to pick, a- pick him as our loser because uh, he's such a nice guy, but I'm picking our telecoms minister, who I had a podcast with this week, Siabonga uh, Um Simply because he's pushing, still pushing this idea of, of, of reserving a huge chunk of spectrum for the wholesale open access network. Government's official policy is still that the WoN gets all the spectrum. Uh, in his interview with me this week, he said that uh, they've softened their stance in that they are going to allow the operators to get some spectrum that the WoN doesn't necessarily need. And his justification for that was that um, it's in the interest of growing the economy to do so. And I thought, what? If it's in the interest of growing the economy to do so, why don't you just give all the spectrum to the operators instead of playing around with the silly fact, idea of a wholesale open access network, which hasn't worked anywhere in the world, not that it's been implemented in many places, but certainly in Rwanda where it was tested, it hasn't worked. And in Mexico, they're kind of still fiddling with the model. Um, I, I think they're coming at, at it about, about it from the wrong angle. And I think, the, I, think I, I suspect that he's kind of got himself in, in a corner and that he can't really back out of now because if he's if he's seen to change his mind on this, then it's, you know everyone's going to say you know toilet backs down, the government backs down, and you know how politicians yeah, don't like yeah. to be seen to be uh, reversing course on something. So officially, the policy is still all spectrum will go to the WoW and and we might give some to the commercial operators. It should be the other way around. The commercial operators should be getting the spectrum determine how much spectrum the commercial operators need and new entrants into the market need and hey if there's any left over maybe that can go to the wholesale open access network and we can experiment with that model yeah and if it works then maybe we can give them some more spectrum down the line but instead the approach is let's 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 uh we've got a hugely successful industry here let's um let's deny them spectrum let's uh take all of the spectrum they need and give it to an um, a, a company uh, operating on a model that's completely untested anywhere in the world and where it has been tested in the one or two markets it hasn't worked it, it just doesn't seem right to me yeah. Um, yeah. and I think this one's going to go on for a long time but the problem is these operators need access to Spectrum urgently and they're not and we're going to have these years long debates about about the WoWAN and, uh, and all this sort of stuff and the other thing I want to pick on the minister about while I'm, uh, while I'm having a go at it is he said that the CSIR report, the report that he has commissioned to determine how much spectrum the WoA needs, won't be made public until after it's been given to the cabinet for consideration and uh, either approved or rejected by the cabinet. And I think that's a major problem. I think that this is a very much a public interest issue oh, yes. and it needs to be debated amongst the operators and it cannot be allowed to be held back from the public view until after cabinet has approved it. I think that's absolutely wrong and I think that if that's the approach he takes, I think the operators would be quite justified in taking him to court on it. Yeah, no, I can't have said it better. I agree with you. It is getting rather busy in the media room here at Rage. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> very noisy. It's getting very noisy. Hopefully uh, you'll still be able to hear us quite clearly on the podcast. Uh, our winner this week... Um, now, why did I make winner Vodacom? I think I meant to put them down. Uh, cut as, their data rates. 
they cut their other bundle data rates, although uh, uh, it could be argued that they didn't cut them enough. Um, okay, let's make them a winner for that. I actually meant to put them down on the loser because of the competition commission. So they uh, are 50-50 then, on the so, loser, winner so we've side. So two, loser two losers, and Vodacom winner and loser. Uh, but certainly there, there are a, a loser this week because of the competition commission investigation. But uh, yeah, they're going to sneak in by accident because I put them in the wrong place <laughs> for cutting outer bundle rates. So they didn't really win the Oscar. It was the wrong name in the envelope. <laughs> yes, they win the they win the, they win third place maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think they've cut those outer bundle rates enough. Andrew, we had carried a great piece yesterday by Andrew Fraser, uh, who's been on this podcast before, uh, severely criticising them uh, for for it. And I, I thought I, I thought his piece was was spot on actually. Um, it does. It, it, we've spoken about this before. Make out of bundle rates the yeah. same as in bundle rates, and you deal with the issue. Yeah, exactly. What's your pick this week, Rechard? So I did a little walk. I, I thought I'd pick a rage, a, a rage-based pick. Okay. Um, and I walked around on the same stand at the TVR stand where the Vive is. They yeah. also have on display that beautiful Samsung wide, super wide monitor. I didn't get the model yes. number of it, but. This is a curved wide monitor that's about three 20-inch monitors next to each other. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it could be awkwardly big in some situations, I think. But if you look at video and audio editing, imagine having a really nice long timeline. It is really beautiful. Um, the recommended retail price on that is about 35,000 Rand. Yeah, great. So I'm not, I'm not going to buy it this weekend. But uh, it's, it's certainly something on my wish list. It is absolutely beautiful. I also had a look at it while I was down there. My only criticism of, of it, though, is it's not uh, high-density high resolution. I don't yeah, you can see the pixels, right? You can it's see the pixels. You think on a, certainly on a monitor that's that, that expensive, that they would uh, that, that it would be, and I hate to use the term because it's an Apple term, but you'd, you'd expect it to be a retina yeah, display. Uh, exactly. And it's not a retina display. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I kind of, we've become accustomed to super high-density pixels. Yes. And especially, it's, it's, it's amplified on the screen that size because mm. you, you can kind of, it looks a little bit dated if you look closely at the icons. You know, it's, yes. it's not as smooth as what it could be. Yes. But look, it's still look, it will look beautiful on my desk, that's for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the credit card's in your car, you do know that. <laughs> no, stay there. I don't think my limit will allow it in any case. I'm safe. I'm safe. <laughs> my pick this week is an app for Android, uh, which I've been playing with. I was actually playing it with it on the airplane, flying back from Cape Town. It's called My Device. Um, and it is the ultimate uh, app for, for uh, finding out everything about your phone, including all the most amazing details on every sensor inside your phone. So I was firing, I fired this up while I was on the plane and I was watching the barometric pressure uh, on the oh, plane. Wow. And it's really interesting to watch. Um, the, the barometric pressure uh, when we took off was, uh, when we got on the plane, was about a thousand. Uh, hectopascals or millibars and which is what it normally is around sea level and then the pressure jumped when they closed the doors to about 1050 and then as we flew it, it gradually declined and declined and declined and declined and it went all the way down to I think it was 930 or 960 I forget which uh, hectopascals and um, and then when we landed obviously it, it went back up to, up, yeah. to, to well it actually dropped because uh, we're at the high on the high fault now where the atmospheric pressure is a lot oh, lower than sure. at the coast 800 and something hectopascals because uh, we're about uh, one and a half kilometers above sea level here um, but it was really interesting to watch but uh, my, my device it's very good it, uh, if you've got a high-end smartphone particularly you'll be interested in seeing all the the sensors in these phones I, I've got a Samsung Galaxy S8 here I've got 23 sensors in it 
This includes a grip sensor. I'm not even sure what that is. That's very cool. Um, acceleration, gyroscope. Um, oh, it is. It is. A, there is a, a pay-for version which costs 14 rand. You get rid of the pop-up ads that appear. Uh, it's, bar- it's got a barometer, proximity, RGB, RGBIR, step detector, step counter, significant motion sensor, rotation vector, game rotation vector, tilt detector, pickup gesture, screen orientation sensor, motion sensor, gravity sensor, linear acceleration sensor, and orientation sensor. Blood type IQ. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Unfortunately, Apple will not let us see any of those things, will they? I don't know if you can get something equivalent to this. On the iOS. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it's called My Device, if it's there. Uh, but you can do- delve down into your, com- your hardware, your OS, your CPU, your battery, storage, and your network that you're connected to, uh, details on your camera, etc., etc. It's, um, it's, really uh, it's a really, really powerful tool. Um, and if you're a geek like me... Yes, and you just you, want to delve down into the details. You just want to read the stuff. What's in this thing? I mean, it's got a board called the Universal 8895. I mean, the, <laughs> the stuff is um, is the stuff you're just not even going to find on the spec detail yeah, spec exactly. page on the company's website. Um, like you go into CPU and it'll tell you it'll tell you um, it'll tell you the CPU part, the CPU revision, the CPU implementer. Oh wow. Um, it basically takes every piece of information that it can out of the hardware on your phone and the software and presents it to you in a, in a nice, friendly format. That's the ultimate geek app, that's for sure. It is. And it'll tell you exactly how much RAM you're currently using, for example, and how much you have free. Nice. And, nice. Um, it's called My Device for Android. It's well worth, uh, well worth checking out. And uh, that's, apart from our quiz results, is our show. Is that at this rate? Are you going to walk around uh, on the show for after this, or have you had enough of this manic, manic day? It's sounding a bit quieter out there, actually, so I think I might stick around for a little bit. Um, I probably won't come back this weekend because I just know how crazy it gets oh, here. Yeah, but for afternoons, you get time to go play some new code because a lot of the guys towards 5 o'clock taper off. Yes. You can get another 10 minutes or so in before they kick everybody out. <laughs> right. Don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> yeah, I think I might go down to some of those stores where they're selling hardware components. And, uh, oh, yes. With your credit card in your pocket. Yeah, my, unfortunately, my credit card is in my pocket, <laughs> which is I think they do scan too. Oh, no, now you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me interested. <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's do our quiz results. Let me do the first question. Which operator this week said it would cut out of bundle data rates? And the answer is, of course, Vodacom. Well, the second question. Escom has removed its acting CEO and replaced him with another acting CEO. Who is the new guy? The answer there is Sean Moritz, who had been chief information officer. Another Vodacom question. Vodacom and Vodafone have a new payoff line. Gone is power to you. What is the new payoff line? And the answer there is, the future is exciting. Ready? Question mark. Cryptic? Question mark. <laughs> the fourth question. Tech Central has a new podcast. What is it called? And for a bonus point, who hosts it? I should answer this question because. Tell me, Duncan. Who? <laughs> it's called the best in tech, and uh, some guy called Rachard van der Berg, if whoever he is. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> Please check it out. Give us lots of feedback. Yeah, do go and have a listen. Awesome podcast. Do go and have a listen to that. First episode was out this week. Rechard did an interview with Logitech talking yes. about all their new products. And yes. we're, uh, he's already lining up the, the, the next uh, several episodes. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few planned. Uh, so go, go subscribe to that. We've just added it to iTunes as well. So if you use iTunes, uh, go subscribe to it in there. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, by the way, that uh, we had some great podcasts this week. Uh, we had a podcast interview with the Minister of Telecommunications, Sia Bonga Twele. Go and have a listen to that. Um, and uh, I did an interview um, at the beginning of the week with Alan Litz and Justin Spratt 
of nice. Uber. Yeah, they were good. And uh, that was a fascinating discussion. Um, it's a, almost an hour and a half long, but don't let that put you off. It's a really, really interesting discussion about Uber in South Africa and worldwide. And yeah. uh, we end the discussion talking about some of, some of the ways technology might just change the world. Uh, so don't miss those podcasts. And our last question this week. Sean Kaplan and ICT industry veteran Brian Seligman have launched a new broadband infrastructure company, and they're doing some interesting stuff there. Go and have a look at that story on the site. Um, what, what is their business called? And the answer there is EvoNet. And that's our show from Rage 2017. If you're uh, keen to see all the latest in gaming, do get down here. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty manic this weekend, but um, there's lots to see. Uh, so until next time when we are back in the quiet studio, <laughs> from Rechard and myself, take care and cheers. Ciao, ciao.